0: Welcome to Mandatory Fun, a podcast by a military wife reflecting on life. I'm Erin Stevens, military wife and slacker extraordinaire. It's been a hot minute since my last podcast, and I seem to be saying this quite often, but school is out and it's summer, so humid here that it clouds my ability to think. Plus, every time I come up with an episode idea, I decide the topic may not be such a good idea. So here we are. I will tell you one thing, though. This topic is one that I believe everyone can relate to. I know that when I'm having a rough day, week, or month, or just having a pity party, I look to what everyone else has or does, and I feel jealous. The saying, the grass is always greener, is such a true statement, at least from the outside. I think that this is one of my biggest flaws as a woman with every hat that I wear. Be it as a mom, wife, daughter, friend, or spouse, I have a tendency to compare myself to everyone else. The word jealous has the same origin as the word zeal or zealous, and for a long time was used in a positive way when describing one's desire to be like someone else. Envy, on the other hand, had the negative connotation. Today, the two words are used in the same way. Many people still think that there are small differences between being envious and being jealous, but I digress. I was a coach for a couple of seasons for the program Girls on the Run. It's such a great thing for girls grades three to five because it not only gets them out and active and working towards the goal of running a 5K, but it also talks about the pitfalls we all face in adolescence, how gossip spreads and it's harmful, or how you need to stop and take a breath before you react. I found myself saying often that these are lifelong lessons and that I still have to work on my attitude and self-talk to this day. I loved middle school. I felt like a big fish in a small pond, and really like I was going places. I did well in school, I loved my teachers, I had friends, and I was never plagued by a super awkward phase, but rather a mildly awkward phase. It was the early 90s, so my bangs did not escape unscathed. I think that I felt pretty comfortable in my own skin, and I wasn't afraid to be myself. Then high school happened. My high school started in eighth grade, which was way too young. I wasn't prepared for the way I'd feel in a place with so many more people and people that I didn't know. My friends started to change and along with that came my questions about myself and who I was and how I looked at the comparisons between myself and everyone else. Without going too deep, I think that's where the seed of jealousy probably began for me as it likely does with many people. It didn't manifest itself in a nasty way, but I started to feel differently about myself. College was similar. I compared my body to other girls and my ability or inability to put myself together. I compared what I had come from and what others had come from. My roommate had a ski house in the mountains, and while that is not a normal occurrence for most people, I was jealous that my family didn't have one too. Give me a break though, I was still only 18. This time in my life, I started to see the jealousy in other people. I began to notice how it reared its ugly head in friendships and relationships. I could see how being jealous could make a person mean and lash out when it was just the appearance of someone else being better or having more. So how does this relate to my life now? My husband has been in the military for about 15 years now, and it's a constant struggle for me. The struggle changes shape depending on where we live and the circumstances at the time, but there is always some nagging frustration that happens because I'm comparing myself to the people around me and feeling jealous of them in some way or another. When my first daughter was born, I was in Alaska. I was far away from family and any sort of help. I was a new mom who was lost in the abyss of sleeplessness and breast milk and very overwhelmed. My mom and dad came up and helped me for two weeks, and it was the only time that I felt at ease. My mom especially took some of the pressure off of Jake and I, and I got a bit more sleep. I was also able to take a shower again. She was my first, so the idea of leaving her alone for any length of time seemed like it would kill either her or me. Then my parents left. This isn't an episode about depression, so I'll skip over that emotion and on to my traveling to Cleveland a little while later. My friend had just had a baby. She had her in-laws one street over, and her parents were in town as well. She had a night nurse and all of the help she could ever need. To this day, if she needs a sitter, she can call family. Not just for a date night, either. If she gets into a pinch, there's always someone there to help. I know so many non-military people who have this and don't even realize how nice it is. One time I remember going to base for a doctor's appointment when my first daughter was probably one and a half years old i was sick it wasn't a scheduled appointment um i think i had a sinus infection or strep or something like that and so i went to flight medicine on base i took my daughter with me we lived 30 minutes away from the base um, in tucson and i just didn't have anything else to do so i took her with me i was in the waiting room she was being totally fine she was you know looking at the magazines on the table or something And a woman came out and she told me that my daughter wasn't allowed to come with me to my doctor's appointment. At which point I was like, what exactly would you like me to do with her? She is one and a half. I don't have a babysitter. My husband works 16 hours a day. He's flying. He can't help me. I don't exactly know what you expect of me at this point if you don't want me to bring her with me. And at that moment, I just thought to myself, you know, when I'm sick or if something happens, like, I, I don't have an out. I This is what it is. Now, as time's gone on, you know, I've recognized that I need to find help. I need to ask friends for help. I need to find babysitters that can help me. And I've done that. But this was very early on in motherhood, and I just felt unsupported by the military, unsupported by you know, my husband. Not that he could do anything about it, but I was sick, and I had a child, and I was being berated for bringing her with me to the appointment. And so long story short, I ended up writing a complaint, and the woman did get in trouble because that is beyond ridiculous. But the fact that it was even something that I had to go through was an issue. So my kids are getting older now and I don't feel this intense, jealous feeling that I once did, but they really did exist. There was a time when they were so strong they were almost debilitating. It made me unhappy and ungrateful and like I was a victim of my circumstances. I can look back now and see how I felt that way, but also be so proud of the fact that we've done it on our own and have done a damn good job at that. Both girls are still alive, we're very happily married, and I'm actually happy that I have kids. That, was, that remained to be seen for a little while, but now I'm pretty happy they're, they're around. I still hear people who have constant help complain, but now I'm able to understand that you only know your own experience and that they have stuff that they have to deal with too in having the help. Actually, after hearing some stories, I feel like I may have had it even better. I'd like to add, however, that when we shame each other's parenting style or, appro- or approach, it is a bit ridiculous. We all come at this life from such different places. And if you think for one minute that I was going to make my baby's food from scratch, then you are crazy. There is a never ending struggle inside of me because we don't ever know what's next. I can't plan for the future because I have no idea what the future will be. Sure, none of us know for sure what will happen. We can't prevent illness or death or a myriad of other things that may change our path. But there are some things that most of us can control. In this military life, there's not a whole lot. I don't know where we will go next, where we will end up, what opportunities may be available to us in a new place, or even when the next move will happen. I see all of these people who are settled. They can join in a group knowing they will be there for the long term. They can get a job or start a career. They can make their house everything that they want it to be because they plan on staying. I actually just was asked if I would teach yoga and Tabata at a yoga studio in town, a yoga studio that I actually really enjoy. And I'm pretty excited to do it, and I will be teaching two classes a week. But I said that I would do it with the caveat that, you know, I could be moving at any time, and this is a story for another day, but we really could be moving at any time now. So, you know, I can commit, but I can only commit so much. I recently went to a friend's house, and it was the most beautiful home I've ever seen with my own two eyes. My jealousy was off the charts, although she's so wonderful and she truly deserves it all. Every inch was perfect and my style. I could envision myself reading in one room and painting in another. By the way, I've started painting. This is the thing I could do a whole podcast about. I'm absolutely obsessed with it. I'm taking a class once a week, again, a class that I will eventually have to stop taking because we will move, but I really am loving it and, you know, we'll see where this can go. Speaking of dream houses, now I want an art studio in my house, so we'll see what happens. Um, But anyway, I could see myself entertaining and being there forever. When we were talking about how she did such an incredible job decorating and how on earth she found the incredibly cool pieces of furniture and artwork and even the floors that she did, which were reclaimed wood, she said that she collected them over time and kept them in storage until it was time to use them. That seems like such an easy thing for people who are settled. I don't have that option. I know. I know first world problems and all but it's just an observation then the jealousy creeps in again I haven't been super happy living where I currently am right now pretty much all of the things that I love doing elude me here with very few exceptions everything from wearing long sleeves to hiking are hours away even having non frizzy hair is out of the question as is not being attacked by gnats every time I walk outside There is more to it than that, but for the sake of keeping friendships, we'll just leave it there. Let's just say I've got some stories. Anyway, I find myself longing to be in so many other places, and when I have friends and family doing the things that I love to do and can't, I get jealous. I say all of this knowing full well that I got to live in Europe for three years and have checked about 20 countries off of my must-see list, but that is not my life right now. The thing about jealousy is that it doesn't discriminate on the basis of time. It has little to no memory and inhibits our own ability to see things from someone else's perspective. There are millions of people who would look at my life and be incredibly jealous. There are even more people who would literally kill to have an iota of what I have. I don't worry about putting food on the table, getting my children a good education, or healthcare. I can sit here and speak freely about being privileged, but at the same time, wanting more. But the point of this podcast is to talk about the highs and lows and hope that people can relate in some small way. So what does this all mean? I guess I've had some serious moments lately wondering why some people act the way that they do. Even people who seem like they have it all together and then lose it all of a sudden for no apparent reason. I guess that in my lack of outdoor activity, I've gone inward and asked myself some questions that I had ignored before. Unhappiness can take on many different forms, but I happen to think that most of our unhappiness comes from jealousy. We separate our society into the haves and the have-nots, and even the haves always want more. We compare ourselves and our outward beauty to an unattainable standard. Our wealth hinges on the idea that you can always make more and do better and our day-to-day lives are constantly scrutinized by those around us. I think that it may do us all a bit of good to at least call it out in ourselves, and then maybe we can move past it just a little bit. I vow to recognize my jealousy and call myself out. For example, I'm really jealous of the people who get paid to do this podcasting for a living. I'm jealous of people who have a studio with a mic that doesn't have to be boxed up and put away in a drawer after every recording. I'm jealous of the people who get to be guests on my favorite podcasts and wonder why I haven't been asked to be a guest yet. Although, to be fair, I have pretty much nothing to contribute, but I think I do. See, that felt good. The next episode will be about the waiting game, because boy, oh boy, are we playing that one right now. And spoiler alert, we are not winning. And now, something to make you laugh. This time, for something to make you laugh, you really have to pretend like I'm a man when I'm telling this one. I tried to change it, but it just isn't the same. So here goes. The other night, I was in the club minding my own business when several ladies started walking my way. It felt good for a minute to have all the attention. The bouncers seemed jealous because after a minute, they came and dragged me out of the ladies' bathroom. On that note, this is Erin signing off. Until next time, may your life be full of mandatory fun.